It's time for Enlightenment in the City with El Hoshotara on the News for the Soul Network. El is a spiritual coach and intuitive reader with a unique flair. Strong yet soft, compassionate with a heart, she lives the consciousness of being feminine with strength. El tells it like it is. Welcome El Hoshotara back to News for the Soul. Hi everybody, welcome to this hour of News for the Soul. I'm your host, El Maya Hoshiamtara. And I see we already have somebody calling in. Um, so just let you know things are a little bit glitchy, um, but we're going to hold the show. So everybody hold space. We're going to make it through. And 203, we're going to do you first, um, just while we can still access things. So if it does hang up, but we're, it's not going to, but just in case, um, it's not on purpose, just to be clear. Um, so area code 203, 203, you're up first. Hello. Hi. Hello. Happy New Year. Hi. What's? Thank you. Happy New Year to you too. From Connecticut. Hi, Pat. How you doing? Um, I'm okay. It's been a weird holiday, and um, someone, my neighbor in my apartment complex, certainly added a poll to it. I have. It's kind of a weird question. I don't even know if it really fits in with this show, but I'd love to ask you about what he did and just kind of get some information on him and what's going on. Right. Okay. Um, So first off, one of the things immediately, your energy has changed. So you need to really put your protective energies up whenever you're dealing with that kind of energy because um, I didn't know it was you because I'm getting things off you that I haven't gotten for all the phone calls that we have. Um, I can feel the changes in your energy because you're letting things in. And this is really important to understand. Um, It's also really important to understand that, like, you know, when we start going through and dealing with people who have these situations going on, um, that it, it, it is important not to start to go down the rabbit hole, not to go into yeah. Um, anything. I'm, I'm not saying you're doing this, but like all those things, like, you know, wanting revenge or, um, you know, just sometimes people are like, okay, you know, they, they're, they're honorable, they're integral, they're not, they would never wish death upon somebody, but if they could flick them off onto the moon and have them live there, um, you know, all those sorts of things can sort of like start to take a toll on the energy as well. And you've yeah. got to be careful of it. Um, because it's definitely showing up. This is not just you. This is like anybody you you know, people go too much into that sort of thing. They don't protect themselves. You get infected. Um, okay, so thank you. You said my energy's changed. Is this for the worst, you're saying? Well, I'm saying you've got to clear it out. And, yes, those things do take a negative toll. Like, so when you're seeing somebody who, you know, is across the street and warning signs are flaring, um, that can be an indication that you're dealing with somebody who's, um, defense mechanisms are like twisting things around to make other people wrong. They're getting in their head. They're getting too angry. Um, all those yeah. sorts of things, right? So it's, it is self-defense yeah. mechanisms, but there's also things where we do get infected by other people. Um, one of my, one of the gentlemen that I followed his work for a long time, read every single thing he ever put out. He actually warned you about going through like the unhoused, that's what they call it up here on the West Coast. It used to be homeless people. Now it's unhoused um, because there's a lot of negative things bouncing around in those areas. Um, drug use yeah. can do it, those sorts of things. You have to really protect your energy. And he was very, yeah. very clear about that. 
and he's a teacher's teacher. He's not like, you know, just some random guy. He's like, that's who the teachers go to study with. Well, this is helpful because I thought I actually had kind of turned the corner and got back into being positive and clear. And um, you're right. I immediately to forgive him. And then the next few days was really, my head was pretty filled with, you know, what he had done and being affected by it. Um, This neighbor who I've had problems with him all along, people in this apartment building, everyone has problems with him. But I believe he tends to go after people that have more light than others. And just, it's like air to him to try and cause trouble. Um, when, when, when my dog was dying, I came out of the elevator and he blocked me three times. Uh, my dog was choking to death and I was trying to get him in my apartment and with his walker, he blocked me three times. It's just very weird and sick. Yeah. And this time I opened my door and he was standing there with a card in his hand and I, I will not talk to this man. I said, please put it back. I thought he was going through my open box at the door and right. I I headed out to put my laundry in the dryer and came back and something said, put gloves on, open this card with a knife. And it was wet on the outside and and it was scotch taped and bizarrely wet on the inside. And right. I think my intuition is correct in what he did. And I immediately went down to security and I said, I want to report this and I'd like to call the police. And the police but- kind of, humiliated me in a sense. I understand Christmas Eve, they've got tons of things going on, but he really kept saying to me, what do you want me to say in this report? you got a nice Christmas card that's wet. And he kept saying it over and over. And finally I said, okay, I'm sorry. You know, I understand you're busy. Let him go. He turned around, came back and said, here, I'm writing up the report. I don't know if he was covering himself or he realized he was being a jerk or whatever, but now right. I have a case report to send to management. I wrote out a very clear letter, um, not looking for revenge. I just said, I really want you to put limits on this man as a responsible resident to keep a hundred percent away from me and my property and my door and my mail thing and yeah. all my property period. And then explained, you know, I was helping a woman across the way. I gave her a sympathy card. I gave her a pastry. I helped her with a phone. If I had not seen this man at my door, I would have thought, oh, it's from her house suite. She sent me a thank you card, and I would have opened it up without gloves right. on. So I made that point, too. And I just, I kind of would like confirmation. <laughs> and um, and just what you can tell me about this person, if there's anything that helps me or and I'm really kind of concerned that you see this energy of mine being so affected when I thought I'd made some progress. Okay, so first off, um, seeing the change in the energy does not mean progress is lost. I really want to be okay. clear about this, okay? Because okay. it's, I'm, I mean, you jump in the pool, you get wet. If you jump in a pool and there was some swamp water and you didn't know it, you're going to sink when you come out. It doesn't okay. mean... Oh, fudge, I've lost the last three years of self-development, okay? So they they can be very different things. Um, In terms of the guy, here's here's the little bit of the um, hitch here. 
I can't actually read what he's up to because it's too dark. And what will happen is, and I have this sometimes, and I've made this clear on the show before, I don't read some of the mail that comes in because people have their self-defense mechanisms, they have their traumas coming in, and it affects the energy so much, I've actually had to shut down the show if I do readings. And he seems to be one of the people that if he was to write in, I'd have to say I'm sorry. Um, You know, my first recourse is usually talk to Jane on Mondays because if there's an entity, you know, let's do entity removal. Um, But that's not necessarily always the case. So there's other traumas that can be held in the body. And, of course, when those traumas are held in the body, um, along with the self-defense mechanisms, along with just plain choice, like let's be real about this, not everything comes from trauma. Sometimes people just see something bad and they figure they should be entitled to do it too. Um, And then they're lashing out and acting like nightmares. So in terms of what you're saying, though, the behavioral patterns that you are telling me about, um, those are things that can just come as part of the package when you're seeing somebody who's very bad news. Okay, so you you are describing things that do happen. Like, let's be very clear. Um, the cop either may have realized that one of their issues um, in dealing with law enforcement is sometimes, you know, even somebody themselves is older, but they're dealing with somebody else who's also older. Um, and we've seen this, you know, like happen with people when they've gone up against elderly relatives. You know, the elderly relative comes into court going, woo you know they've done nothing wrong and everybody's like she's a freaking nightmare and the judge is like look she's a little old lady how much harm harm can she possibly cause you and they're like she's thrown our rent checks in the garbage for the past month um or not month it would be obviously longer than that but she's actually causing quite a lot of problems and even the judges are like it's a little old lady come on and it's like right you know age doesn't have anything to do with that um, so people can, well, some people do calm down with age more. They isolate, they start to calm down a little bit. Um, but some of them really run for the, run for the hills and, and toxicity. So things yeah. like, you know, and, and this should have all been told to the police because that is very aggressive. If somebody's, you know, trying to block you with a walker and they're doing it deliberately and they're getting a kick out of it, that's what we would call a toxic person. Okay. Yeah. Um, the okay. wet stuff, if that's urine. Or if he's just wetting it to make it look like it's urine, um, and this is one of the hard. I think is it's worse again? than that. I think it's worse than that. I think it's absolutely vile what he did. Okay, so you know, so the grossness of the letter, those sorts of things. I mean, people do get really um, will be say creative uh, with the ways that they express anger. And this is yeah. why, like, you know, some, sometimes, you know, good people or bad people do get into good environments because people are like, you know, how bad can it possibly be? And, you know, you don't yeah. know or you forget or whatever it is. And so we, we do have, you know, as a humanity, we do have a helping nature. We do have a forgiving aspect to the nature. And it doesn't mean that somebody's bad or wrong for forgetting sometimes or slipping into it. It does not mean that they're low right. vibration. Um yeah. All those sorts of things that ha- happen when something bad occurs, because sometimes you just forget. And it's not right. good to be overly paranoid. But that being said, you know, dealing with the cop, it is good that he came back and he made those corrections and he decided to take it seriously. Because, you know, right. if trying to block you with a walker, it is intimidation. Um, yeah. You know, it sounds like intimidation. Um, you know, leaving letters at your door, and this is a very common um, revenge practice when there's a lot of codependency, is 
they'll do things in a way where it's maybe not a big deal, but maybe it is. And that's how they right. sort of get you in this mind game. So it's hard unless people understand that pattern to take a stand right. against it and say, no, that's not okay. It's, you know, it's, it's the fucking with the mind. Um, because yeah. you can't bust them because they're innocent. It was just water. It was a harmless exactly. joke. Exactly. Um, and, and so that, you know, the intimidation factors, they all kind of line up to say, like, there's obviously something wrong. So you are perfectly, absolutely 100% justified for doing a police report, you know, for, for reporting it to management. Completely and absolutely, that's a good thing for you to be doing, um, especially because if you haven't even had that much interaction with him um, and everybody in the building or almost everybody has a problem with him um, that yeah. says that on a very, on a larger scale that people are understanding, hey, wait, there's something wrong here. There's something with this right. guy that's going on that we need to be alert. And when those happen, yeah. they can people can automatically just start to get their, you know, the, their warning signs kind of starting to waver a little bit or outright flickering um, because they're on alert, even if they don't actually know the details of why or everything that he's been up to. So all right. those things say, um, they, they all sort of like match up for the pattern being a match for what you're talking about. So I believe you. Okay. I really want to be clear about that. Thank so you. when you're looking and when we're looking at this idea, okay, of forgiveness. So forgiveness does not mean that there's no self-responsibility whatsoever. So why right. would we have compassion um, whatsoever? So when somebody is disliked by an entire apartment complex, obviously that somebody is going to be having a harder life because it is hard when you go out and nobody likes you. Okay. That's, that's pretty easy to understand. Um, but it doesn't mean that there's no, it doesn't mean that you let him terrorize people. It does not mean that, um, you know, you let him pull these things because, you know, you're, um, you know, you're stronger, you've got a stronger capability. And so, you know, and you've got, you know, more years under your belt. So you know what these things are about, you know, more how to take a stand and him doing these things against like, say a young, like teen year old girl, for example, right. you know, that's right. going to be, really detrimental and we don't want to let him think this is okay um, and go through it. So why would we have forgiveness? Usually when I'm seeing people who are at that level of codependency, there are some things in there that they're not going to be able to control um, until they're able to go and get therapy um, in those specific areas. And that would be your trauma therapy. So it's, it can kind of sound like a mixed bag, but the end result is you know, people are responsible for their behaviors. If they can't control certain things, they are responsible for whether they go and seek treatment or not. Um, and even if they choose not to, it does not mean that you have to let somebody terrorize you. Uh, in some right. situations, that can actually make it worse. It does not mean that you interfere with him leaving the property if he gets expelled because that's just part of the karma. And, well, sometimes we can, some, you know, we can be angry and wish somebody to go away, that's very different than revenge. And sometimes when people do want revenge, it can get mixed up with, you know, is this the right thing to do anyways? And if there is, um, if there is intimidation, if there is, you know, somebody really acting like a nightmare um, and it hasn't been um, instigated or returned by um, the other people involved, in this case, you, even if you are feeling like you're doing it for a little bit of revenge, it's still going to be better for him to clear out 
and to have boundaries be put in place, even right. if you can't feel that it's the cleanest way that you're doing it. Um, so you keep to the lack of revenge as much as possible. You keep it as yeah. clean as you possibly can. But if it does feel a little bit vengeful, um, you don't let that stop. You, you contain it as much as possible, but you don't say, okay, wait, I'm feeling a little vengeful. I need to let this guy off the hook because well, the behaviors are still too inappropriate. Yeah. I'm not vengeful. I know that's only going to cause trouble with me with this kind of energy, especially. And and generally, yeah. I don't. Being revengeful is not a good thing. Um, yeah. I think uh, I just want <laughs> it, it was very clear in my head. I don't want to get back at him. I just I don't even want to focus on him. I want to focus on just keep him away from me. And I'm hoping management will support me. Um, and there's another question. He just got a little kitten. So here's another concern. Someone said the kitten, he took the poor kitten outside, and when he came in, the kitten scratched him because he got scared and he threw it. Is this little kitten going to be safe? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> the kitten's going to be able to hold its own um, when Good. it turns into a cat. So, I mean, okay. you know, we do get, people do get back what they put out there. Um, <clears throat> so it's, you know, he's going to have Hal Kitty on his hands as an adult. I'm not worried oh, about the cat. Good. good, good, good. Just want the kitty to survive. And, um, you know, the management, I understand. I, I even said, please keep me up to date on this. Usually I think they take care of problems and you never know what they do. Um, yeah. After the fact, I found out they spoke to him about, you know, blocking my dog and other things. But it was only because I asked. So this time I said, you know, please, what's going on? Um, yeah. And you're right. I was heading into a, a depression and trying to figure out what's that all about. And then this happened, which helped me go even deeper. But I think I turned the corner and I'm heading myself out of it through help from a couple of people. Um, but, yeah, thank you for co confirming all of this. Even my therapist said, you know, you've got such a history of your father, you know, setting you up for failure that you don't believe yourself and you have to ask people like me and call up psychics to find out if your intuition <laughs> is correct. And, yeah. and he's right. He's right. He said, you are so unsure of, you know, your own opinion. And I said, you're right. You know, right away in my head, it said, this guy did such and such. And then I thought, Oh my God, do you really think that that's, you know, and I was so afraid that management was going to say, don't be ridiculous, or the cop was going to say, don't be ridiculous, which he sort of did. But right. I'm growing slowly and getting stronger slowly. Um, yeah, I, um, and I also, I suppose I let my guard down because I do not talk to him. I will not talk to him. I will not. That's the first time I said words to him in a long time. Please put it back. Yeah. It was yeah. an envelope from someone else. And maybe that got him angry. Because in a way, I was what? winning. I, I was not feeling his awful energy around me. I'm thinking, wow, you're doing really well, Pat. You know, you're, you're not talking to him. You're, ha you're managing that. You're keeping him away. And did it make him angry? 
Right. So, I mean, first off, they have recognized, like, let's, let's talk about something other than energy just for a minute. They have recognized okay. with people with trauma that if, the, um, if they are dealing with people who are doing better than they are, they'll try. It is, natu- it is a natural, um, unfortunate consequence of trauma that people will try to take their environment down to their level so that they feel more comfortable. And when it yeah. is, you know, something that's above their level, they tend to get un- uncomfortable and they can lash out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and so we, you know, we, we do want to go ahead. No, it's human. I could even say I can be that way too. So I understand what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. And it's also important to understand like the, the way that different, um, traumas like, so this sort of thing, and again, I'm not in diagnostics, like I'm not saying like, this is definitely what he has. Um, but it would be something like if I was having a conversation with him, it would be something that I would suggest talking to um, a trauma therapist about because it would be something that I've seen in people where they don't actually have um, enough of a capacity to make it go down all the way. So when people are having visceral issues, for example, you and I talked about that before, about visceral manipulation um, as a treatment. Some people are saying that it's a visceral issue um, where people can tell that there's something wrong, but they can't quite put their finger on why. And when people have that, they always get the sense that there's something wrong or there's something wrong in the world. And then we need to look at, like, when they start contributing that to always, like, quote, unquote, seeing darkness in the world. Um, But it's, you know, it's coming from possibly internally. Um, And when people have that, there is a tendency to lash out. So, um, but there are also other things like fight or flight issues. So you're going to have somebody um, who's, and again, I'm, I'm talking about these issues. I'm not diagnosing him um, because I can't, but um, somebody who has those things, they're also going to be more um, reactive. So things that you and I um, would not react to can be like a really huge um, cause for a flare up with somebody else. Yeah. And you do yeah. have to be careful, you know, with this like, Oh, love. Well, you have to be careful with the love because sometimes when you are acting loving towards somebody, there are people that will latch onto you because you're the only source of it that they can possibly get. Um, right. Yeah. So you do have, to, so sometimes, you know, saying hi or being polite oh. does sometimes offer that sort of, it becomes like an invitation. Um, for some people to come in even when you don't want them. So, you know, um, not engaging it, that means when you're, if you are going by him, he's in, you know, he's outside coming up to the front door or whatever, and you see him, it's not feeding it by going like, oh, I'm angry, it's him. It's not like, oh, look, I need to be nice and let it all go and talk to him. Right. But you're just keeping your energy, basically, you're, you're sort of like keeping love in your heart. You're not like, radiating it but you're keeping love in your heart but you're just going by your way and then there's nothing to sort of like latch on to because there's no anger he's not like oh look she's being angry at me haha I'm gonna get her like it takes away anything that we that somebody can latch on to by being more neutral or even being just you know a little bit love in the heart but you're not reacting to somebody else it it just sort of takes away all the feelers that come out that they can say hey I can grab Pat in that way and right. as for what your, your, um, what your therapist said in terms of like, you need, um, you know, you need feedback from other people. And I totally understand that one. And just to be clear, I'm totally happy to give that to you. 
if you're if you're like I don't know if this is real or not, I'm totally happy to do that for you because it is one of the ways, and this is why it's important yeah. to do all this work for real instead of the fake stuff. Yeah. One of the ways that we help people in their process is to acknowledge, wait, when it is true, yeah, that's actually true. So we're not glazing right. it over because we think that's the light because that tends to screw up people who can't tell yet because their inner voice has been trod over so much and there's been too much, you know, codependent people around them, which is very hard to get your footing. We help people get their footing that when we see something is true, we acknowledge that. Right. And, you know, it's remarkable that I can come to my therapist and tell him all the time. I called Block Talk Radio and I spoke to this person and they said that. And he, he's very accepting. And I actually really appreciated him the other day. You know, we were talking about depression and he was trying to explain yeah. to me, Depression comes from so many different reasons individually with every single person. And he kind of described my life and why possibly, you know, even chemically and what my father drew me for and so on and so on. You know, why, why actually I need to call up psychics and and get, you know, answers. So he wasn't putting me down at the same time he was showing me, oh, you need, you need to get your own mind and you know hopefully i will someday but but honestly oh my god <laughs> a blog talk radio for years has kept me going and helped me it's the only thing that has helped me find my sanity it, it's remarkable for years um it's remarkable it's the one thing in my life that has helped me so much so thank oh, you god. Thank well, you. I'm glad and to be a part of it. I'm glad for all the help you've gotten. Do you mind if we put that on the on the website as a testimonial? Would that be okay with you? Thing you want, you can quote me absolutely with anything. Um, I'm so grateful to you, and um, you know, you're not an easy one. You speak the truth, just like my therapist, <laughs> and <laughs> it, that's invaluable. And sometimes it's it's hard, but it's invaluable, absolutely invaluable. So thank you. You can do anything you want. And I'd be happy and grateful and feel like it's a way of me giving back where I am so, so thankful. And even Nicole, you know, what she offers all of us with her her shows is, is remarkable. Yeah. And so Nicole's the big one. Well, thank you so much for that. And, yeah, Nicole, I mean, she's a driving force. She's the one that finds us and she's the one that gets us on the air. So we're all really grateful to Nicole, and I know she can hear that right now. So I know. But thank she, you she so much. Remarkable. She's remarkable for who she finds and who she brings on to her shows. It's it's the best, and I'm always grateful. Sure. Thank you both. Thank you both. Happy New Year, and you've helped me a lot. Happy New Year, Pat, and thank you for that. We really appreciate knowing, and we appreciate being able to put that on our on our website so that we can be able to help other people know it's safe to come in. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, I'll okay. I'll hang on and listen. Okay, thank you. So we have um so I'm just gonna do a switch between the two, so just one moment. Oh okay. And we had all ones, but all ones dropped. Uh one moment here. So I'm just gonna um clear between Okay, and we're going to check into the mailbag here. We have, let's see. Okay, so we have Tina in Ontario. 
And she wants a general message from spirit reading. So one moment here, Tina in Ontario. So Tina, it looks like you're having a hard time, honey. Um, That does not look fun, (laughs) uh, to put it politely. Um, So here's the thing. Sometimes when we don't feel like we're being supported, um, it can actually look like there is more support. So like when we're in a mood, we're upset, we feel like people aren't supporting us, we're, you know, getting a little melancholy, kind of like, oh, slapping the table in frustration um, at the lack of support the whole nine yards. There can actually be people around us that are kind of like smiling and they've got love in their hearts. And sometimes it can feel safe to, okay, look, there's support you know, sometimes it's like we don't recognize those things as important, and that's why we get frustrated. And sometimes within that, some of those people um, look like they're going to be supportive, and then it feels like, okay, this is a, a, good, a good person to be able to put our, our you know, our warrior sword down of, like, cutting through the bullshit and um, all the other things that people are doing and sort of, like, being more vulnerable and allowing love in. And then all of a sudden we find out the same people who, you know, looked like they were smiling and looked like they were being supportive, and we let our vulnerability show, and boom, their energy tanks, and they let us down, and they're not able to support us. So um, it, it is important to understand that not being able to um, support you fully in all different directions is very different than a lack of support completely and absolutely. It just means that some people are more comfortable um, being supportive in codependency, and some people are more dependent or more capable of being supportive in interdependency. When you have somebody who is <clears throat> capable of being more supportive in codependency, when you're in a bad mood, you're you know slapping the counter down because you're frustrated, you're sick of people, you're sick of all these things, um, <clears throat> and they have a little bit of a sheen to them, so just a little itty bitty bit of slime, you know, maybe a cup or two, Um, you know, and it's like, you're not necessarily noticing how much it is, but you talk to them and you start to go, you start to get the kind of feeling like, you know, your stomach's getting upset, your cheeks are puffing, you're going to blow because the insides are coming up out, you know, what you ate that morning is coming up again uh, and it's going to ruin lunchtime or suppertime as the case may be. Um. So those kinds of people may tell you, well, you should, you know, allow love in and stuff like that. And if you're giving in, even though you can feel that slime a little bit, and then you talk to them more and you really start to feel the slime a lot, that's probably not somebody who's going to be able to support you a whole lot when you're being happier, when you're being vulnerable, when you are doing um, healthier behaviors or moving ahead. Because when we see the slime, um, <clears throat> what is slime? Well, people's energy really starts to get off with the, you know, the twisting things around to justify their own internal stuff. So, like, it it wasn't their fault they didn't replace the coffee pod, twist, twist, twist. No, it was so-and-so, it was Brad's fault, you know. And they start to get dark, they get start to get angry, you know, just for a moment. But when people have that happen a lot, um, they don't take responsibility for things. It shows up in the energy. So we get people with a lot of anger. Um, when people are trying to justify being slimy, 
um, you know, being predatory, you know, you get the slime up. I've also seen this in women, usually as females, we think, um, you know, sliminess is like a male thing. But there are actually women who are very slimy. Um, and you get very melancholy women who are constantly looking for an excuse to crash down. And when I say excuse to crash down, I don't mean like they're sad and everybody's saying that they're just using whatever to twist it around, but they're actually feeling that way. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about um, you'll have somebody walk into the office. She's feeling totally fine. And somebody says, how are you? And it's and she's like, you didn't ask me the right way. Twist, 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 slump. Oh, you hurt my feelings. You don't care. Why are you asking me? Obviously, you don't care about me. She's using that to go, oh, you know, poor little pumpkin. And she's going around slump down to everybody to try to get sympathy from everybody else because you didn't ask in the exact right way that she imagined in her head. How are you doing? Um, women like that, the energy can be off, but when people even start running with it more than that, you actually get women who um, energetically are very slimy um, because they're constantly trying to justify um, the slump down and the negative energetic emotions. Um, and so, you know, we do have, you know, we, we tend to take like sliminess as a warning sign um, because it's a warning sign for a reason. And this is really important to understand. It's it's somebody who's doing that stuff a lot. Now, sometimes people, you know, they do it themselves. They've figured out the magic formula. Something just clicks and, you know, two slimy guys can be friends with each other. You know, and if they have that and they're, you know, seem to get along okay and that's their best source of support, I mean, everybody needs love, but it doesn't mean you take those people into your life and it doesn't mean that those are the people that um, you're relying on for support to say that, you know, when you are going into a healthier mood or you are being a little bit vulnerable, it doesn't mean that they're going to to be able to support anything healthier. And if you go into an area such as you're being vulnerable, um, but you're misinterpreting vulnerability as being weak, so you're actually going weak with somebody else, um, they can kind of, especially with men, you see this where a slimy guy, a woman will go weak and he'll go, ew, like, and he'll just kind of, like, be turned off or, like, he doesn't like it, even though he's, like, demanding you be vulnerable so he can get in there, which you're not going to let a slimy guy in unless you are um, vulnerable in a negative sense as opposed to a positive sense. Um, unless you're weakening yourself or thinking it's bad to be strong and healthy, you're not going to let an, a slimy man, excuse me, or slimy anybody into your energy to be mucking around in there. So those aren't the people that um, are going to be good sources of support because they're still going to be reactive to um, weakness. They're still going to be reactive to, you know, <clears throat> um, I've seen slimy guys who, like, really hate needy chicks, you know, and it's like, well, uh, she's going to have to be needy to want to deal with that amount of slime pumpkin. And, you know, he's like, no. Um, <clears throat> and so this can be very... Um, frustrating and confusing when we're seeing people that um, <clears throat> aren't, you know, we, we understand we get a little dingle um, or the, the great big, um, we see people like that and they seem to be sort of like demanding that we're not in this space. Um, but when we sort of like let our guard down, they don't like it either. It's because those aren't the right people that are going to be able to um, port different healthy processes um, in a way that's going to be beneficial. So it's kind of like trying to 
it, it, it's kind of like walking up to a giant boulder, grabbing your fork and knife and demanding that it's going to be somehow magically turn itself into dinner. It doesn't really work that way. Um, you can try. A lot of people do try, uh, especially if they've had too many experiences of unreliable people in their life or abusive people or toxic people, as the case may be. Um, <clears throat> you know, because people tend to want to be relied upon they um, and in some cases they do have it within them they just don't have it within them in a way that you're going to be able to rely on yet they may want it but actually have no intention of showing up for it they just want the benefits of you trusting them Um, but absolutely have you know and in some cases where you don't trust them or not enough people haven't trusted them they're going to make you pay Um, And this is when we start getting into therapeutic versions of codependency. They're going to make you pay for not trusting them. And then they're going to throw a bunch of untrustworthy behaviors at you. And if you don't stay, they're not going to be with you and they're not going to be your friend. And again, that's, you know, when you start getting into they're going to make you pay, we start looking at, you know, it would be better for somebody to be talking to a therapist. Um, And those aren't really... um, I'm not going to say that they're like 100% unreliable in every moment. They're not um, because you could get people with those patterns to actually have a really excellent work ethic, for example, um, or they're really good at being a mommy, you know, a cat mommy or a cat daddy as the case may be. In some cases, they love their kids and they would do anything for their kids and they're very good about trying to meet their kids' needs. Um, just God forbid you're, you know, not their child. Um, and again, some people manage to show up in different areas but you know interaction with other humans other than um, their children or other people that they have control over it it's like it just doesn't tend to work Um, and some people really go into that some people have a little bit left over Um, sometimes when people have had too much negative experiences um, with that sort of thing they can also um, <clears throat> not know how to gauge how much is there, where it's worth it to stay or go. Um, and that's, you know, something to be worked out um, within the person who's having and experiencing all the problems, in this case you. Um, <clears throat> that would be something to be worked out. Um, but it doesn't mean, like, even if you have, you know, whatever problems you're going through, whatever things you have to work out, it doesn't mean it still doesn't mean that it's going to be good for you to put your trust and faith in or open with people that um, are going to be more problematic for you to deal with. And that's what they're basically showing. So what happens is, you know, when people have things that they need to work out and there's always a next level for everybody, like always of the next level that you can take it. But when there's too much confusion um, and that's usually when I see when people start, um, trying to get guidance or opening to people that are are giving off slimy warning signs. Um, Sometimes there's that pattern where it's like, you know, I have love in my heart, so I don't, you know, I don't quote unquote discriminate. So discrimination is different than discernment. So discriminating, you know, it's like based on the color of somebody's skin or their gender, they can't do a certain job. And that's not the case. And you'll notice in the, earlier part of this, I said, like, it doesn't mean that somebody's totally incapable in all things just because they're not reliable in certain areas. Um, And it is important to have that understanding. Um, 
But when people have had too much experience of that and there's too much that they have to grow on, um, they can often keep going back to people that are hurting them because they think it's bad or wrong to say no to people that are going to be harmful to them. Um, because they know within themselves they have things that aren't the best or maybe are going to cause problems for other people. And, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. And this is not about, you know, going off and, you know, being an absolute jerk to everybody who's got a problem or who has growth work to do because that's everybody on the planet. It does not mean going and being a jerk to somebody who's got a lot of stuff to work out, even though they're flaring your warning signs. It does not mean going up to them and, you know, being deliberately a jerk. It just means that you have to know it's like anything else. Either people have the skill set or they don't. So if you want the mechanic to fix your car and knows what he's doing, you go talk to the mechanic. If somebody's, you know, a baker and they're very slimy and they're going, yeah, they could fix your car and, you know, they just plug it together your car. It's like, well, they're fixed. There's no problem because they didn't find one. And it's like, um, so uh, they just pulled everything apart in your car. Are they going to put it back? Oh, well, I'm not a mechanic. What do you expect, ladies? They're just a baker. <laughs> After they pressured you to let them see what was wrong with your car and they started pulling things out. That's not what we would call a good person to go <laughs> talk to about car troubles. Um, you know, and I mean, yes, they dismantled the car, but, you know, part of a good taking care of your car is knowing how to put it back. And the cost of getting somebody else to reassemble your car is going to be way more in that scenario than it would have been just to go to a mechanic in the first place who discovered what the problem was. Um, <clears throat> because the original problem is still going to need to be fixed, but plus you're going to have to pay all the labor to get all those other parts put back into place. So, you know, it doesn't make sense to go talk to people that are too low skill set. Um, and when you're looking at emotional stuff, again, you know, if somebody's slimy, it doesn't mean that there's no skill set whatsoever. Uh, I've seen some people who are very narcissistic or very slimy, and they have a lot of friends, for example, and narcissists are very good about gathering people around them. It's just that's not going to be in your best interest, number one. But number two, you also see slimy people who can't get along with anybody, and that's not really a good person to say, yeah, you're going to go talk to them about like what you should be doing in terms of your emotional behavior and what you're choosing to do and how you're choosing to act or where it's going to be appropriate to open yourself. So, um, you know, because, and this is important to understand, like the masculine tends to want trust. Like that's the lifeblood of, is trust for the masculine and for feminine, it tends to be love. So when, um, you know, you've got a very slimy man and he wants trust, the problem is it doesn't make sense to trust him. Um, and that can be very devastating, but you don't cure that by letting somebody with those issues drag through your energy field. Just like, you know, for women, it's love. But if somebody's playing with a lot of games with love and she's always setting you up, it doesn't make sense that you're going to take that person on as a friend. Um, or for people who date women, it doesn't mean that you're going to take that person on uh, romantically in terms of a relationship uh, unless you are at an equal level. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and even for people who are at an equal level, those patterns can still cause problems. Um, <clears throat> so it tends to be hard for everybody unless they have like that one magical connection where it seems to be less problematic, but they'll still have a lot of problems whenever they leave the house and aren't in that specific relationship as the case may be is one way that it can turn out. So what you're being asked is to make those distinctions 
And not only make the distinctions, but know that you're allowed to. Like you have permission to make distinctions, to stop ripping your heart open and or whatever's going on for you um, with people that are slimy. Like you're, it's part of your healing. It's part of your personal responsibility. It's part of your right. And it's also part of the interdependency portion of the behaviors that allows you to move ahead without destroying yourself because somebody else has things to work through. So, you know, um, they're just, you know, they're kind of showing like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, they're not showing exactly like how much of, uh, never mind. Hold on here. Yeah, so what they're showing is like you're hold on here one moment. Let's see here. So what they're saying basically, Tina, is that they want you to practice that because what they're showing is that you're actually shunning the people that um <clears throat> except with me, which is good. But in your daily life you tend to be sort of like shutting out the people um, that aren't going to be doing that to you and you're sort of like letting in the people that are going to be doing it to you, to you. You're letting them in. You're letting them do these things. And they're basically saying like they would really like you to stop it because it's really, really not good for you um, in essence. And um, so they really want you to make those distinctions. Um that they're saying, you know, they want you to have a better life. They want you to have an easier life. And that pattern tends to make your life harder than it needs to be. So what if you don't trust people who are, you know, going ahead that much because maybe they're rejecting on some of the other patterns. If they're rejecting on codependency, and this is the important thing to ask, if you're getting rejected because you're having a codependent moment, then what they're basically saying is, um, they're not that into codependency. And it doesn't mean that that's somebody you, you're going to trust 100% because maybe they're not into that version of codependency, but they're into some other version of codependency. You never know. But generally speaking, in the very least, what they're saying is they don't want that level of codependency from you. They don't need it. Now, for some people, that's a little bit scary. But what it does mean is that when you want to leave that codependent behavior behind, that person will it indicates that that person may be okay. Um, and in some cases, depending on the person who you pick, they'll actually be great with the fact that when you're doing something that's codependent, that's not good for you, that you feel trapped into doing, let's say gossiping about one of your friends, your best friend, for example, they're not going to have that requirement that you do that. And they may actually find it admirable that you're not. So instead of having that fear that you're going to screw yourself over by talking about your best friend behind their back, you may lose a relationship. Um, <clears throat> and you don't want to do that somebody's out of codependency enough in enough different areas isn't going to put you in that position because they don't want that behavior out of you because they don't want to be around people who have that behavior. So in codependency, you know, that can be a little bit scary because, you know, what if it happens and you get rejected, but this is your growth opportunity. So it's like you can knock it off. And the more that you get, you can hang around other people where you don't have to, you know, gossip about other people. It's not a requirement for friendship. You don't have to worry about the boom falling to you later when, um, you know, the best friend or whoever finds out. Um, When those things, you know, aren't there, it's a lot easier to live life happily um, and more freely. And it actually means it's easier to live that way because they're not requiring you to do things that are going to sacrifice your friend. 
So in those cases, you know, even if there was a slip and somebody was asking you to gossip about your bestie, um, you could say like, you know, that's my best friend. Obviously, I'm not going to go there. And they'll be like, oh, right, right. And they self-correct if they're out of it enough versus, you know, codependency. They're mocking you. They're tearing into you because you won't say something that's very private and absolutely none of their business to them. And they're trying to figure out all these different ways to pressure you to, to give them information or to give information up. So those are the safer people um, <clears throat> in interdependency when there's enough of it and when there's an area such as personal development. That's the safety. The danger is when you're, get, when you're opening yourself up to slimy people and there's a lot of negative side effects or they just reject you or they throw you through the washing machine of you know, to- emotional torment and they walk off anyways, which are very, very common patterns of codependency. So your safety is say no to the slime balls and when you're going up if they are still rejecting you again understand it's just an invitation to let go to let go of the codependency if you can't in some areas or if that friendship has fallen apart or it was never going to turn into a friendship whatever it was it does mean that you did have at least one chance to build up more of the interdependent behaviors and the more people that you find like that and the more that you practice interdependent behaviors the easier it does end up becoming it may take a while sometimes in some cases it can take a few years but it does eventually start to turn out where it is easier provided you keep the practice enough again and this is just one part of the practice you know this isn't going to cover everything because there's other interdependent behaviors that need to be done obviously other growth work that needs to be done obviously but that is one of the pieces and that's what they're asking you to do So thank you so much, Tina. And uh, I actually look forward to hearing from you again. So let me know how it goes. And please write in with more questions. So let's see here. One moment here. And we have Anya in California. She wants to know what I see for her in the way of New New work opportunities. The new work opportunities. One moment here. Okay, so Anya, you are in a little bit of a tricky position. It's like, oh, there's Anya. Well, she looks nice. Oh, look, Anya's getting turned down by a lot of people. Hmm, what's causing that? Um, So here's the thing, Anya. When people have this habit of glazing things over and trying to make sure things are okay, it actually starts to show up in the energy as somebody that you don't trust as much. Um, especially when you're sort of like becoming a little bit smug about it because there can be a little bit of smugness in your energy um, as you're covering up, not facing and dealing with things that are negative. Now, does this mean you need to go take yourself into the negative? No, absolutely not. But there's a difference between ignoring things that you should be paying attention to that maybe are affecting you and you need to look at the fact that they are affecting you. What is it bringing up? And then dealing with those things that can clear up the energy. And when those things aren't happening and you're just sort of glazing things over, um, it can start to show up as somebody being untrustable. So even though you present very nicely, I mean, you know, you're walking down the street, um, you know, you're working, you're going into, um, you know, work offices and those sorts of things. It's still enough that people are going to be able to pick it up on you 
And that becomes something that alerts them that there's something that's not right here and it's going to break trust. So when you're wanting work opportunities, um, <clears throat> having that stuff sorted, being more in reality, because when you're having a negative experience, you're having strong negative emotions, it just means that you have something to work out. Ignoring it, saying that you're a good person because you're ignoring it, you are the light because you're ignoring it, doesn't make you more of the light. It does not make you more of a good person. It just means you're somebody who's ignoring things. And that is a common misconception that some people have in, code, in um, you know, spirituality, all those sorts of things is, you know, I don't notice the darkness in people. I'm a good person. No, it just means you're ignoring stuff. And because that ignoring stuff is um, <clears throat> causing a change in your attitude, such as being a little smug, um, it's affecting you negatively. And that smugness, if you've ever been on the receiving end of somebody else who's very smug, that can actually feel really icky um, energetically. And that can cause discord and distress. So you're better off, you're a good person when you get rid of the smugness, but also because you've worked your stuff out because that lessens the discomfort you're going to be giving to other people. And within that, then also um, starting to look at different places um, for work opportunities, and then that will start to get you in with people that you actually really like. And I mean, they're nice people, they're good people. I like their energy, like they're all shiny and like smooth. And it's like, wow, they really look like amazing people. Um, until then, what I'm seeing is a lot of doors being shut, a lot of no's, a lot of no's, a lot of irritation, a lot of no's, a lot of no's, a lot of no's, because um, <clears throat> we tend to like people who are in reality. And that's, you know, I know it doesn't always feel like that. And if you're dealing with people who can't deal with reality very much, then they'll tell you they really don't like dealing with reality. But we all do like dealing with people who are in reality, even though some people don't understand that yet. How do we know that? I don't know anybody who's like, well, actually, no, I have met people who want to be lied to a lot, um, but they also have a hard time trusting the world. And I've seen a, every single one that I've met who's confessed that pattern to me, they've been highly suicidal because it's a very hard way to make life work. Um, so if you want trustworthy people, we want people who are more in reality. Um, <clears throat> and again, as I said before, you know, not being in reality of that sorts of things, those are the things that break trust. So you do have work opportunities out there with really amazing people. It's just going to be a harder go because you're called, being called to clean up the pattern that I was just talking about. So I wish you the best of luck with that. Um, and unfortunately, I can't go into it anymore because we are at the top of the show. But thank you, everybody, for writing in and for Pat for calling in. I look forward to hearing from you all again. I'm here every single week, 3 p.m. PST, New York and Chicago. That is your rush hour. So you can listen in, call in. Um, provided you have all the little gizmos that say that you can call in while you're driving or um, et cetera. Actually, don't call in while you're driving, but if you're on the subway or whatever. Actually, I guess that doesn't work. Okay, listen to the show. <laughs> but anyways, you can go to my website either way, www.enlightenmentinthecity.com. You can also find me here at newsforthesoul.com. You can find my bio there, and you can find my website there. So thank you so much, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. However it is that you belated happy Hanukkah uh, for everybody, for all your celebrations. Thank you so much. I love you. Take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
soul. Begins its 27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com. <laughs> 